Creepio, you tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth to get no such pleasure from us, right? Java, this is your last chance. Free us or die. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to another radically rendered episode of Mandivision, Nargai Tom. And thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. We're back, and we're so glad you're here for it. Remember to reach out to us on social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandivisionTom at gmail.com with your thoughts, your inquiries, your queries, your long form theses. Do it. Hit me up. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, and following the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. How is everyone doing? It's another week upon us. That Writers Guild strike is still happening, so uh, thus far, not a lot of news on the Star Wars front. But hey, as we record this, it's only Monday. Maybe things will shake out later. Let's see how it goes. We're back this week to close out Volume 2 of Star Wars Visions. We're here to talk about the last three episodes and again, just like the first six that we've covered, uh, they really do a good job of, of having very different takes, very different styles, and very different interpretations of Star Wars in, in these three episodes. Uh, so I really have a, a great amount of respect for, for this volume of, of Visions in particular. I, I, as much as I did enjoy the first one, I think this the second volume has uh, exceeded all my expectations for it uh and and and, and i came away uh, liking far more of these far more of these episodes than i thought it would uh, i found some of them to be you know uh, quite impactful and again i i've mentioned made mention of it before but but sort of like that unique 
uh, an infusion of each of these animation studios' unique uh, cultural identities. Kind of, <laughs> sorry, but the, the, the sort of the cultural identity that each of these studios has, kind of being infused into their their take on Star Wars. So that just made for a really, I think, refreshing sort of breath of fresh air uh, for for this volume of Visions uh, to, to sort of see. To see that represented on the screen, and I, I again, we we have talked about it in many many ways. Uh, I think there is is versions of Star Wars for everyone, and now it's fun to see everyone coming up with versions of Star Wars, and and I just really really like that. I think this volume has been stellar. So again, without a lot of news to get into, we won't waste a lot of time with with a lengthy preamble. Uh, so it's 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 just time. Let's do it. Let's get into the episodes. The, the the final three episodes of Star Wars Visions Volume 2 kind of closing out our coverage <laughs> our, our sort of long protracted coverage of, of this year's May the 4th be with you because uh, as you notice we, we have continued to play sound clips from Return of the Jedi as we sort of celebrate the 40th anniversary of that film as well right now uh, so this will kind of wrap that all up I suppose which makes me a little sad because uh, it was really fun reconnecting with Return of the Jedi this past month. It's been it's been kind of a hoot to see it in theaters, uh, watch it a few different times uh, at home on the, on the Disney Plus, uh, and even break out my my old the 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 only pressing of, of the DVD that contains the the original eighty three theatrical film, you know, with with the original Jabba's Palace uh, music scene and and the original Ewoks celebration scene and uh, Sebastian Sebastian Shaw as the force ghost of Anakin Skywalker at the very end of the film, you know, all that stuff, you know, seeing that original 83 version still uh, gets me deep in the heart. So enough of that, though. We're going to finish out volume, uh, Visions Volume 2. You know what that means. It is time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. I'm sure Luke wasn't on that thing when it blew. He wasn't. You love him. Don't you? Yes. All right. I understand. Fine. When he comes back, I won't get in the way. Oh, it's not like that at all. He's my brother. Interesting uh, transition there as we speak about brothers from, from Leia informing Han Solo that Luke is her long-lost brother. We have an interesting story of a brother and a sister coming up. Um, before we kind of dive into this episode, I do want to mention real quickly, uh, it was sort of funny how last week's three – I'm sorry, I shouldn't even say last week's, but the last episode we did, the three studios involved in those stories were studios where I was – sort of shockingly surprised to find out that I was familiar with some of their, their past work, some of the animation work that they've done, and I've seen it. Uh, this week we go to three studios where I have not seen their work before, but maybe you have. So, with that in mind, let's talk about Episode 7 of Star Wars Visions, Volume 2, original air date, May 4th, 2023. This is from Studio, uh, Studio 88 Pictures. Now, they have done... Apparently, Troll Hunters is what they're known for. So maybe that's something you know. Apparently, it's more childlike. So if you have the, the children in your life, maybe this is something you're familiar with. That's very, very cool. This episode is titled The Bandits of Galak. Galak? Galak. I think, 
Yeah, I think I got the pronunciation right. I said it initially with like that hard K, like it was kind of Klingon-y, and it's not. It's like Golak. Golak. <laughs> I think I got it. I think I finally got it there. Uh, this one has got our, our plot for this episode. Fleeing from their village by train and pursued by ferocious Imperial forces, a boy and his Force-sensitive younger sister seek refuge in a vibrant and dangerous Dahaba. I think I'm saying that word correctly. At least I hope I am. Uh, and I also hope I will be pronouncing the name of these uh, this wonderful voice cast correctly as well. Our primary voice cast in this episode is Shiraj Sharma, Sonal Kushal, Niraj Kabi, and Lilette Dubey. And they're all fantastic. I was insanely captivated by this episode. I found its animation style to be riveting, uh, exciting. The color palette was unique and festive. Its use of light and shadow to be striking and memorable. And I really enjoyed the story. Now, I want it to be said, for the record, this episode has a problem that another episode in this installment of, of Vol Visions Volume 2 also had. The third episode of the season, I believe. Let me double-check that really quickly. Yes, it was the in Episode 3, In the Stars, a similar issue happened as initially happened in this episode. And it happened early. And that was the, uh, the the sort of like disobedient younger sibling, right? The one who doesn't listen to the 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 sort of you know more more world weary older sibling who knows that they're, they're to protect their younger younger sibling they must have them not kind of be maybe not I don't want to say not be who they are but you know maybe when you're on a train full of uh, uh, people who want to appease the empire. Uh, you don't display your force talents, uh, and and despite the warnings of of her brother, uh, our young our young character of uh, named uh, was was it Sanal? Let me let me double check that really quickly here. Oh, I'm sorry, it's Ronnie. Her, the the act the act the actor who portrays her is is Sanal. Uh, Ronnie is is very again. I don't want to use the word disobedient, but she's she's childlike, right? You know, she wants to do what she wants to do. She doesn't quite understand. The implications of of simply playing this flute and, and summoning it from from her brother's uh, uh, pack, you know, through the air, where all these people in the train, again, who, at the very least, if they're not imperial sympathizers, they are at the very least, uh, um, you know, willing to rat out force sensitive people because they know that they'll keep them out of trouble. At the very very least, so I, initially. I was concerned that that would be a problem in this episode. But as, as is the case with episode three, uh, the child's actions sort of spur things into, into motion for the episode. And this is an episode where we get what I talked about earlier, that, that, that unique cultural infusion. You know, this, uh, Studio 88 Pictures uh, is based out of India, and this episode is infused with, with much of that, that culture, much of that uh, just little little injections of that world into Star Wars. And again, I found the animation and everything to be uh, unique and striking. I love the way they sort of incorporated a lot of the Indian culture, a lot of aspects of, of what we know about India into the episode uh, without making it with, with, without changing the basic tenets of what Star Wars is. Uh, so I, I, I really liked the way they blended the two things together there because I thought the story was awesome. I love the train ride through a, a, a you know sort of familiar sort of like tattooing esque world 
Uh, I love the the notion of of of, of the rebellion of rebels against the empire, you know, striking from these canyons. Uh, it, so much of it was was just utterly fascinating. And then you get to to the Dobby, right? You get to like the town, this little outpost in the middle of the desert where uh, where our characters are trying to get to, uh, and 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 you, and you sort of see a little bit more of the taste of life on, on like a slower level, right? You got you. This episode is great because it's 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 got a lot going on. You start on the train. You have the fast-paced train stuff. You have Imperial Pursuit on the train. Once they know that, that Ronnie is Force-sensitive and the Imperials come looking for her. And then you have the Rebels attacking the, attacking the train as, as, as Ronnie and her brother uh, uh, Shahrukh are, are trying to escape and protect themselves. And then you get to the Dobby, right? Which is like, again, it sort of pauses for a moment. We, let, we collect our breath as they, they transition from the train station and the train pursuit uh, to going through the desert to get to this Dobby. And again, Ronnie using her her force sensitive powers. At least that's what it's perceived as, right? Until we find out that it's actually uh, uh, the older sort of caretaker of this facility, uh, Rugal, who is using the force. And 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 we get Star Wars. We get Inquisitors, right? There's an Inquisitor in pursuit. A force sensitive had been reported. You know, Ronnie's incident on the train did not go beneath the notice of Inquisitors. So we have them infused in this episode as well, and. Uh, uh, it's Niraj Kabi who does the voice of the Inquisitor in this episode, and he's he's chilling. I really enjoyed the portrayal, the the voice acting alone, the the, the sort of menace, and and then when the, all all the plates are sort of floating above his head and they come crashing down, and it's not Ronnie that's doing it, and then we get into a lightsaber battle in the desert. Uh, it's just super cool. It's it's got all those sort of familiar Star Wars visuals that we love so dearly. But it has like, the uniqueness of what studio, uh, of what ADA Pictures is bringing to it, uh, with with that sort of infusion of of Indian culturalism. Uh, I de- I just really enjoyed this episode far more than I thought it would, d- despite the, the the sort of annoying child factor. <laughs> it it didn't hinder this episode overall at all to me, and once the Inquisitors is dealt with, and we find out that. Now that the the Rugal character is sort of uh, manning that that Dobby as, as sort of like this last outpost for 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 Jedi, right? As a sort of like this oasis in the desert for Jedi, uh, and we see the secret passage open up beneath the beneath the, the pool of water, and and all those the, again another striking visual. Uh, we we are reminded once again of a very Star Wars thing, like the choice that many have to make to pursue to to walk the path of the Jedi, which is to forego. Uh, to, to forego attachment, to forego relationships, to to be able to, to, to walk away from her brother, her protector, uh, to be on this path, to be on this new life. And um, I, I think in a way that, that we maybe haven't seen in, in quite some time in Star Wars, this episode really uh, crystallizes the struggle of, of, that, of that choice, of, of leaving... You know the person who has, has has guided you, protected you, kept you safe, uh, to go, to go and walk a different path. Uh, it, it's it's to leave that behind, to go to the unknown. Uh, it's it's a very Star Wars thing, and I, I don't know if it's been explored in a visual medium quite like this quite this way. I I, I was really uh, sort of touched by uh, uh, Ronnie and and Sharuk's relationship. And, and and sort of the, the 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 sadness of the decision, right? Like we all know it's sad. Like 
the institution of, of, of the Jedi Knights and, and sort of like the, the faults of that institution alone, like we, we've talked about them uh, in the past. And this is another example of, of, of those faults of, those, of that institution um, coming under a little bit of scrutiny because of, of their belief that you have to forego attachment to be an effective Jedi Knight, an effective force wielder in the battle against the darkness. And again, you know, it, it's sort of, it's just very Star Wars. But I was, I was, I was affected <laughs> by how they played this out. And again, I, I this episode sort of surprised me in that regard. I didn't expect it to kind of get me where it got me. And I just think it's well executed, well delivered, well done. It's it's nine buckets for me. I, I don't want to say too much more about it because I I feel like I'm sort of just I'm sort of tripping along my my talking points here. Um, but again, just to sort of reemphasize it one more time. Look at that decision, you know, like all these at, – at, at the time of the prequels, it's, it's fairly well established. And I think this even goes back into the High Republic and, and, and for, you know, the generations beforehand. You know, the Force-sensitive children are found early so that they haven't formed attachments yet. And, and we're seeing Ronnie, this character who is similar to Anakin when he comes into contact with Jedi Knights. And he, he already has these attachments. Um you know, it's I would I would sort of be curious if if Ronnie's journey is similar to Annie's, in in that sense, um, or if she's more of a more capable, more willing to forgo the attachments, and you know we sort of get a hint that she will walk this path, but she will not forget her brother. You know, with the, with the, the the closing moments with the with the flute floating up in the water, the one she snatched from his from his bag at the beginning of the episode to trigger uh, the pursuit of the Imperials to trigger the Inquisitor to come looking for them. Um, again, that the sort of moment of the, of the disobedient child kicking everything off that I don't generally like as a story as a story point, uh, working out very effectively as it kind of comes full circle around. So, uh, just a just a, a really well executed, well thought out episode. I didn't mention the writer director, which was Ishan Sulka Shulk, Shukla. Excuse me. Uh, they did a fantastic job with this one. I, I was really uh, surprised by this one. Check it out. Nine buckets for the bandits of Golak. I would like to see the baby. All right, let's talk about episode eight, The Pit. Original air date, May 4th, 2023. This is from Studio Diart Shachijo. I said that completely wrong. I'm positive of that. <laughs> Sorry about that, fellas. This one... Uh, this studio is known for their work on Attack on Titan, which is an insanely popular show that I've never watched. Uh, but I am familiar with their work on the Castlevania anime series that's on Netflix. So a little passing familiarity with, with these guys in, in this one. It's written and directed by Leandre Thomas. Uh, the plot for this one is as follows. A fearless young prisoner forced to dig Kyber by the Empire plans a risky escape for he and his people our uh, cast for this episode. David Diggs is Crux. Uh, Anika Noni Rose is also in... <laughs> I shouldn't have said Crux. I, didn't, I just wanted to read their names. So let's go back to... Let's, let's just say David Diggs, Anika Noni Rose, Jordan Curret, and Cedric Yarbrough are our top, top voice cast. But this episode also includes Steve Blum and Matthew Wood. Voices familiar to us all as fans of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. So that's a lot of fun as well. <laughs> uh, this is a very 
again, it's a very anime-influenced episode. Not surprising. Again, uh, uh, I don't think I specified it, but art that studio de art Shatjo is from Japan. So kind of keeping a connection to what we did in Volumes 1 of Star Wars Visions with, with, with the many, 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 many Japanese art studios that were involved in that. Uh, this episode, it, it conjures up a lot of uh, 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 themes and ideas and visuals similar to what we saw in Andor. The Imperial Impression, Oppression, Impression, my goodness. The, the Imperial Oppression of, of, of a people uh, to, to, to facilitate the growth of a, of a city that well, didn't exist, right? So like, these prisoners are brought out to the middle of nowhere. These stormtroopers have like this this magic uh, glowy sticky thingy, not a glowy sticky thingy, but it's like a it's like a mineral detector, almost like a, like a, like a metal detector, right? And they're looking for something, and we don't quite know what yet. And then their their machine beeps up, and and that's where like they point like that's it, let's do it, let's dig here, and that's where these prisoners begin to dig the pit, uh, and and they they go down and they go down and they go down and eventually. One of them strikes the kyber crystal that the Imperials were looking for. Now it's 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 interesting and it's unique in the sense that uh, these prisoners are mining the kyber crystal, but not for some Imperial super weapon, or or at least not that we are privy to to, to seeing in this episode. But it it fuels the construction of uh, what is essentially like the crystal city, right? This this entire uh, a city comes up out of nowhere built on the back of, of these prisoners, of these slaves, essentially. Uh, this forced labor, at the very least, but I think slave is, is more accurate. Uh, and, 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 you know, they do, this, they do this wonderful time lapse of the pit growing, both in circumference and in depth, and this city sort of rising just beyond it, just outside of its, of its reach. And uh, these prisoners, as they go deeper and deeper into the pit, not knowing what's going on around them, not knowing what's happening on the surface. They're, they are completely removed, completely isolated. They're just simply tools of the Imperial war machine at this point. Uh, and then, uh, then one brave prisoner decides it's time to climb out of the pit. And again, maybe it's just me. Maybe I've seen way too many movies, but the climb out of the pit, it, it totally reminds me of Bruce Wayne climbing out of the pit in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> so, so... It's like that, and then uh, you know this the character Crux is the one who rises up. He's gonna bring attention to what the Empire is doing. He's gonna rally these people behind him, and, and initially his his pleas fall on deaf ears. And, and again, it's it's very much like what we saw in Andor, sort of like the uh, the the blinders that many people put on the, uh, for to live their day to day lives, not really realizing the sort of impression and tyranny going on around them, just so they can get by day to day. Um, and and and. By the end, when Crux is discovered and the Imperials take him back to the pit, he thinks he's failed. He thinks these people have be, been oblivious to him. They don't care. They don't want to know. They don't want to know that this city that they live in, that this city that uh, is, is, a, is a key part of their, their life and their existence was built on the back of, of slaves, right? Um, and, and so he thinks he's failed. And so these Imperials, they take him back to the pit, and they're going to they're throw him down to the bottom of the pit. And at this point, the pit is like insanely deep. Like we're talking like, you know, miles deep, I would imagine. It, and, and, and Crux, as, after being tossed back into the pit, you know, he's not going to survive that fall. So he, he dies thinking that, that he's failed his people that are trapped in the pit, that 
the, the people of this crystal city have turned their back to the plight of the people in the pit. And and there's a, there's a nice little message in it, and I don't remember exactly what he says to the to the young to the young girl character, uh, but it's something like look to the light of the stars, uh, let the stars kind of light, light your way. I would having that quote would be handy right now, and I did not think that far ahead because I wasn't sure I'd talk about it necessarily. But the people begin chanting, and it sort of is, is this unified chant. And, and, and sort of the disruption that Crux caused in the city, I think alerts him to, to something beyond the walls of their, their sheltered life in the Crystal City. Let's them, makes them aware of what's happening beyond. And they all come out and they demand answers. And they demand that the Empire do something about this, that they end this, that this must stop. And uh, they essentially drive the Empire away. Okay, all right. You know, I, I would have been more... Believing of, of the and the empire just massacring everybody, <laughs> but but whatever, okay, uh, and and these people liberating the prisoners of the pit, including the the young girl who was so inspired by by Crux, uh, and it's it's again it's it's touching, it's thoughtful, it's it's very it's, it's got a lot of I was gonna say it's deep, but there, with an episode titled The Pit, I don't want to say that, <laughs> I don't want to, but there's a lot of meaning, there's a lot of subtext in this episode, you can take a lot out of it, and and that is that's very very cool. I think they did a really nice job executing this episode. Um, it's, it's just, it's like slightly too, um, you know, I, I, I'm not even gonna say that. I'm going to back it up. I'm going to back it up. This episode is a lot about hope and keeping hope alive, which is a very Star Wars theme. So in that regard, this episode delivers the goods. It hits on the right things. And again, it, it, it comes at this time after we've seen Andor and it sort of reminds us of the brutality of, of, of tyranny of the of the, the tyranny of the empire in specifically so keep that in mind when you're watching this episode i did enjoy it it's a little slow on the pacing for me that was sort of like my my biggest gripe with this episode was i thought it was paced out a little slowly but i did like the story they're telling overall i did like that these people did eventually take those blinders off in the city and and, and find it and, and come to aid the people who they didn't even know were the ones responsible for building their homes uh, by, by mining that kyber crystal. So very, very interesting episode. Um, and I think it, this I, – I don't recall exactly the ending of every episode from Volume 1, but in Volume 2, this is the only episode that has an after-credits moment. And, and it's, a, it's of this piece of graffiti that says The Pit. And there's a lot more going on in this episode. I've only kind of scratched the surface, the, the very big broad strokes. I didn't even talk about like the creatures that inhabit the planet in in in, in, in sort of like the, that desert wasteland uh, that sort of end up aiding Crux on his climb up out of the pit. Um, but but watch the episodes. You know, the, there's a lot of really unique ideas in this one that I think you will dig. Oh, I did it! I blew it. I said dig in an episode called The Pit. Gosh dang it! That was not the plan. <laughs> it's it's eight buckets on this one. Uh, it, it's a bit of a think piece. So uh, stew on that one. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. So for the final installment of Volume 2 of Star Wars Visions, we have Episode 9, Owl's Song. And I, I know I, I had the pronunciation down a couple days ago and I've slipped, but I think it's Owl's Song. <laughs> Original air date, May 4th, 2023. 
from the studio known as Triggerfish from South Africa, written and directed by Daniel Clark. The voice cast for this episode includes, and I again, I'm going to, to butcher some names, and I'm very, very sorry, Mapilo Giante, Dineo Du Toa, Tomisho Masha, and Cynthia Irivo are sort of our primary uh, voice casts for this episode. Our plot. An alien child who longs to sing is raised by her loving but stern father to stay quiet because of the calamitous effect her voice has on the crystals in the nearby mines. Uh, this episode is perhaps the most unique in this season of Star Wars Vi Visions. It is visually stunning. Stunning. The Whether it's animation of some sort of computer CGI or like a next-level blending of, of stop-motion and CGI. I, I, I don't know for sure, but it's breathtakingly gorgeous. It is insanely hyper-detailed stuff. Uh, it, 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 it just fuels the imagination for what they're doing with this episode as far as the animation goes. I, I just was completely blown away. Every shot I saw, every, every uh, the, the camera move that I saw was, was just breathtakingly beautiful. The episode is gorgeous from top to bottom. It's just really, really well done. Uh, the question is, does this story work for you? Uh, it's, it's a very unique take on Visions. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's a very unique take on Star Wars. But it incorporates a lot of familiar elements of Star Wars. It opens up. It, it sets the table for us of, of, dark, of, 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 of the Sith Lords uh, corrupting the, the purity of the kyber crystals and... and uh, making on, on this one particular world, you know, they're all red now. They're they, they they've been infused with the dark side, so they're dangerous. They're volatile. And uh, this 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 young girl, Al Al, God dang it, I'm just butchering your name. But this young girl who uh, has a connection, has a, a, a seeming yeah, we'll just go with connection to these crystals. Uh, and 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 as the episode plays out, we wonder is she falling sway to the dark lore? of these, these infected kyber crystals, uh, or is, is, is there more going on here? You know, we meet a Jedi, we find out that these, my, these crystals are being mined so that j the Jedi can, through, through great pains, attempt to purify them from the dark side energy that, that's, that's corrupted these crystals. So they mine, the people of this planet mine kyber for the Jedi so that, that it may be purified with great painstaking efforts by the Jedi, uh, and and this young this young girl is, is fascinated by the whole thing, fascinated by the process, um, and and her father has urged her to, to to not sing. It's it's what she wants to do. It's what she she yearns to do, uh, but she's sort of being uh, stifled by the by by the overprotective father, right? Uh, and and ultimately, what we find out is is that her voice, the 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 harmony, the 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 whether it's harmony or the, the 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 resonance, whatever it is, her voice is like the ultimate purifier of these corrupt kyber crystals, uh, and and you know it brings the it brings her powers to the attention of the Jedi who comes to this planet every so often to to collect crystals to harbor for the purification process of the Jedi, and again we we come we come to. The decision to to leave your attachments behind to pursue new opportunity, new life out there amongst the stars to be the first to and in this this young girl's case to be the first to leave her planet, uh, and her father again he's overprotective but he's he's very loving 
He's not uh, oppressive of, of, of her in any sense. He just cares so deeply for his child that he doesn't want to risk her safety by her going into these mines and exposing herself to the this dark side energy down there. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say about this one. It's, it's, it's very straightforward, but it is just beautiful. It is possibly the most beautiful episode of the entire season as far as, as, far as like its, its look, uh, the texture of its animations. Uh, it, is just a, it has a very 3D, very tactile sense to it. It's stunning. Stunning. I really, really like this episode a lot, and I give it eight buckets. I know my review of it is, is fairly short, but it, it's a it's a fairly direct episode, right? There's there's the things happening, but but you're mostly just drawn in by by what you're seeing. Oh my god, I said drawn in in an animation related review. Holy smokes! I gotta get out of here, folks. This is <laughs> good night, everybody. I'll see you later. Woo! Oh boy. <laughs> but you are you're 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 captivated by by the animation you see on the screen. It is it is beyond anything I've seen before. I've never seen anything like it. Triggerfish, if this is what they do, this is uh, this is like a labor of love for them because because of the detail they incorporate. Again, that's the sort of texture, the textile feel they have to everything in this. Uh, it's it's just next level stuff. It's awesome. So so pretty to look at. <laughs> And it's, a, it's, again, it's a very unique take on Star Wars, but it's still very Star Wars. You know, again, you're exploring the idea of, of the Sith corrupting kyber crystals, the purification, uh, the, and the idea of this innocent child being the one that is the ultimate purifier and her having to leave her her, her, her protective father behind to to explore beyond what she knows. Uh, it, it's it's classic Star Wars stuff. It's, it's, it's everything that we know Star Wars to be. So I give it... I give it a strong eight buckets. I lean towards nine, um, but again, it, it does have a, like a slight, in my opinion, a slight pacing problem. But it's still stunning, stunning stuff. Check it out. Don't don't sleep on this volume of visions. You know, maybe you didn't didn't dig everything, every single thing in in volume one, but I think volume two brings a lot to the table. The, again, the unique culturalism that that each episode has from its respective studio. Uh, I, I think is a game changer as far as visions goes moving forward. If there is to be a volume three, four, and down the line, I, I love what this season offers Star Wars fans. Something for everyone, and and uh, it, I found it really hard to try and pick a favorite. I was I was I was overwhelmed with 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 the options presented. You know, it part of me was like, oh, I sh maybe. Maybe the, maybe the first one, this the, you know the Sith episode was 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 the best. They started with the, with the banger and and lured us all in for the rest of the ride. But again, I I was really blown away with episode seven. I thought the Bandits of Golak was awesome, was awesome. So I I, I it would take subsequent viewings uh, to to maybe determine a favorite. But there are a lot of like really high end episodes in this volume. So don't don't overlook it. You know, maybe you're not like a big animation fan. I, I can't claim to be the world's biggest animation fan anymore. Uh, but there there was a time and a place where I loved animation stuff uh, from across the globe. Those is a pass, sadly. <laughs> but this is sort of a fun way for me to see what's going on in that world nowadays. See what these studios across the across the planet are doing, and to be blown away by their efforts, by the, the advancements in animation technology. Uh, so I I, I really did enjoy. Every single episode of the show, even the ones that like weren't my favorite, that maybe weren't, uh, weren't like paced 
my favorite way. They also had a uniqueness to them, whether it was in that style of whatever animation they were using, or they, they just brought like a unique twist to their storytelling. Uh, they, they presented a unique Star Wars story that I you know we haven't had a chance to consider to this point. This, this, this season's full of winners. Don't sleep on it. Don't skip on it. It's awesome. Just check it out. I'm not going to pick a favorite. I'm not. Again, Sith, Bandits of Golak, uh, they're right near to the top. But everything else was, was pretty darn entertaining too. Um, you know, I Am Your Mother. Massively entertaining episode of, of this season. So I, I can't pick a, a favorite at this point. Maybe we'll revisit this down the road and I will name one. But don't, don't skip on the series. Check it out. It's great. All right. Let's wrap things up. This went on a little bit longer than I thought it would already. So I'm sorry about that. Um, we're going to be back very soon. Again, we're, we're kicking off uh, the Star Wars, the Clone Wars rewatch series. We will be returning with those next week. Uh, and, and we go into some really, really pivotal episodes of that series. Uh, not just for the show overall, but, but for, for The Mandalorian. You know, for the things we saw in this in this past season of The Mandalorian, and we also get to like uh, a very a, a turning point, a, a, a massive massive turning point in the life of of our favorite uh, Jedi apprentice, Ahsoka Tano, and that's coming up as we conclude our run through season five of Star Wars: The Clone Wars. We kick those off again next week, uh, and it's what is that uh, seven episodes of just insane entertainment. So. Just keep your bucket on. Just keep it on because you're going to need it because you're going to bump your head with the level of excitement. You're going to jump out of your seat and hit your head on something. Keep your bucket on. All right, my friends, Bucketed Nation, you are the best. I would not be here without you all. I thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Uh, if you have a chance on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on and you want to give us five-star reviews, those are a great way to support the show. Help small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in the cosmic shuffle. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show with your big thoughts, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. All right, Buckethead Nation. This podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>